tonight, our Bible reading will be from Isaiah 9, verses 1 to 7. Let me check what um, page it is. So that's on page 687 on the Blue Bibles. Beautiful. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of all the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing their plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be dis- will be destined for burning. Will be destined for burning will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I now invite John up and I'll pray for him. Father God, thank you that we can have John with us tonight, that we can hear your word through him, uh, that we can be encouraged, um, and through that we can encourage others. Uh, We just pray for those out serving at the moment, uh, that you will be with them, and we pray for the speaking and the listening tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Evening, everybody. Let's try that again. Evening, everybody. That's better. Team, are you with us or not? Listen, there's a group from Bendigo. About, I don't know, I reckon about six or eight of them. Would you welcome them? Where are you? Put Stand up, stand up, stand up. You're from Bendigo. There they are. Great row of them there. <laughs> oh, dear me. That made them feel uncomfortable, didn't it? Yeah. we go. Have you seen the hot cross buns in Woolies lately? Well, I mean, you know, Christmas stuff's been around the place for months. Bigger pun? No, no, I mean, I mean, red hot cross buns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Woolies are always out the front. They always know what's coming three or four months before it's due to happen. So Woolies have always got hot cross buns in November. Haven't you seen that? They think. <laughs> they think that they have got forward news about what's about to happen. They think 
that uh, they are able to get in and get some sales on the on the books before this season comes to be. But they are mistaken in the sense that if they think they are the ones who knew about this information first, they are dead wrong. The people who knew about this information first lived 2,700 years ago. This information was released via the prophet Isaiah to a group of people who you would think would say, this is really exciting. This is really going to change our society. If we can leap into this relationship with God, with this child who was born, then we're going to be able to enter a new sense of destiny about life itself. And if you thought that, you were totally wrong. Because if you look at the context of this chapter, you'll see in Isaiah, verses, uh, chapters 1 to 8, are talking about the wickedness of the nation, are talking about the rebellion of the nation, are talking about the spiritual prostitution of the nation, a nation which is prepared to defy the context of its relationship with God and is prepared to stand on its hind legs and mix with the world around them so that it looks something, nothing like what God intended it to be. They hear the good news and the good news stands out like an edifice in the middle of Isaiah. There is coming one who is going to be the Lord. You would think they would cheer. You would think they would say, this is, this is life itself come. No, chapter 10 talks about them being taken away by the Assyrians and the remnant being left. So who's this for? I mean, we don't know anything about it for 700 years. In fact, the last 200 of years of those, God has been absolutely silent with the nation, not a word. Nothing to the prophets, nothing to the priests, nothing to the people of Israel, and they are dismally, dismally dislocated from God. But they have not been prepared to believe him. They've not been prepared to believe the prophets, and they've therefore not been prepared to anchor their life onto that which is the word of God. Well, the remnant have heard, but it's been unheard. The people have heard, but it's been unheard. It's not been known, it's not been built upon at all. And such news which should cover the world in change forever comes to nothing. Then, of course, the hope has dawned. 2,000 years later, 700 years ago, sorry, 2,000 years ago, 700 years later, the Lord comes, the little baby comes, and you would think the world would say, what a wonderful experience. The master is here. God has re revealed himself. Our future is secure. And the world says, the Romans are ruling at the moment. We've got to be a bit careful about how we go about life. Romans take over and rule everything. And the Jews continue on in their life. And nothing happens. And for 30 years after the baby is born, almost nothing is known. And the story is gone. It's in God's time. It's in God's purpose. 
It's in God's approach. And here we see a world changed, not in the way that we might have thought our world would change, but in a way that God sees the world changing. We need to say to ourselves, to whom does that statement in chapter 9 actually belong? Does it belong to the nations along the way that they might see the truth in the future? Who does it belong to? This should be a world of joy and peace and patience and goodness and gentleness. And it's not. What about 2,000 years after he came? Is this the same, is this the same story? For this? Well, there's a slight change. In the, in the, the appearance of chapter 9, it's the whole of Israel that's gone astray. They've betrayed God. The nation who was, who was given truth and honesty and justice by God himself and taken on board with a covenant which was rich and full of promise, they've betrayed him. But now we discover that it's not the people of Israel who've betrayed him, but our world. It's not, the, it's, not, it's not the nation of the people of God who've gone astray, but the people of God who are now gently, quietly living out their lives are still attempting to do so. And the world around us is continuing to be what it was. Down through history, the Christian church has really, really struggled. Humanity has really, really struggled to know handle how to handle the strange inconsistencies around Christmas. You know, of course, don't you, that Christendom is on its way out in Australia. Not long now, I, I, I heard the local council out where I lived, they said there'll be no more, there'll be no more of this scenery out in our council, council area. It's not relevant anymore. The relevant thing, of course, is the, is the Christmas tree and lots of gifts and lots of fun and all that sort of stuff. Who's it for? Who's this story for? Listen to this rather cynical view of Christmas, uh, of Christmas and tell me when you think it was written. There'll be parties here, there'll be parties there, there'll be joy and laughter everywhere, there'll be drugs and booze and illicit sex, there'll be bleary eyes and physical wrecks, big balloons and bouncing checks when love comes down this Christmas. There'll be, a much, there'll be much goodwill and a yen to please, There'll be disregard for the credit squeeze. There'll be food galore to appease our greed. There'll be gifts received where there's no real need and a deaf ear turned to the ones who plead when love love comes down this Christmas. There'll be men in red bearing heavy loads. There'll be death and carnage on our roads, perhaps a murder and a rape or two. Yes, of course, we know it can't happen to you. And you'll be amazed at the things we do when love comes down this Christmas. There'll be shimmering tinsel and twinkling lights. There'll be drunken brawls and stand-up fights. There'll be chaos and mayhem throughout the land. There'll be hypodermics in the sand. And this all part of a party grand when love comes down this Christmas. Rather cynical view, but when do you reckon that was written? 30 years ago. How do you reckon things have changed since then? Who was this statement in Isaiah 9, written 4. It was written for us. It was written for us. 
we the ones who follow through in our relationship with Jesus Christ and are prepared to put our lives into his hands and to move on into the things he has for us into the future. This was written for us. It was for society to hear, but it's society that doesn't understand. It's a society that doesn't have the ears to hear or the desire to hear because they're so imbued with the truth of what Christmas is. So it's our task. It's our task, first of all, to soak in what this Christmas is about, but also to be able to say to the world, we need to hand it on to you. We need to show you what Christmas is all about, even in the most mundane of things. We need to show you this is our heritage. This is what we do at Christmas. We don't say, no, we can't have any more of those, have any more of those little scenes around the place. We say, that's where my Saviour was born. But listen to this. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. In Matthew chapter 4, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison and returned to Galilee, leaving in Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. One about those words. To fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, along the way to the sea, along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, Gentiles, the people living darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. At Christmas time, the story says, repent because the kingdom of heaven is here among you. The kingdom of heaven is with you. What does it mean? People walking in darkness will see a great light. How does it happen? How is it expressed by God in God's time and in God's way? Well, you've enlarged the nation. The people have rejoiced before you as as the people rejoice at the harvest and as men rejoice when dividing the plunder, the nation rejoices. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you've shattered the yoke. There are no yokes, there are no burdens, there are no, there are no bundles of desire and hurt and pain. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning. This kingdom has come, it's a new kingdom, it's with us. And he who brings the kingdom is born on this day in December. We celebrate it on the 25th, but at this we celebrate what is for us, the people of God, and for us to give to our world. More important than that, and listen to this very carefully, understand that the names that are given in this culture are those that that characterise the character of the person. So when you're given a name in this culture, that name is intended to identify what your character will be for the rest of your life. These are the words that the the writer wrote about, about Jesus. For a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, the one who lives with us, the one who walks with us, the one who cares for us, the one who teaches us, the one who loves us, 
the one who is our companion, the one who is our friend. We're never alone. In his kingdom, we walk with his presence and his companionship. He will be called everlasting father. He will be the one who will control all things in the universe. He is the one who's thrown the universe into place. And now for eternity, he is the one little baby who will control all things, seated at the right hand of his father. This is for us. (laughs) This is where we belong. He is our brother, seated at the right hand of the father. He is ours. This is for us. Mighty God. He'll be called Mighty God. There is no other. In due course, course, the world will bow down, bow their knee before him. There will be no other. He will defeat the evil one and for eternity he will reign supreme. This is our God. This is for us, this story. Isaiah 9 is for us. And it's for us to give to the world. He will be called Everlasting Father. He will be called Prince of Peace. No more war. No more Ukraine. No more wickedness. No more women taken into custody. No more rubbish around the world. No more jaundiced nonsense about, about the things that happen in our world. Always now there will be peace. There will be great joy. This is for us. This story is for us. And we celebrate this and we hand it on to the world. But listen to this. <laughs> this, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness, the second coming. Here we, here we have the Isaiah verses telling us, not only will the Messiah come, not only will this child be born, in a way that God chooses that we don't understand. Not only will this this Messiah be born, he will die and he will come again. This is for us. As we watch him die on the cross, we hear him say to us, I love you. I love you enough to to give my life for you. As he dies on the cross, he says, I'll be back. I'll be back. Three days later, he is raised from the dead and we begin to hear about a different story. We hear about a story of life and love and forgiveness and healing because this story is our story. This is the story we have to give to the world. It's a world with very deaf ears. It's a world that doesn't understand. It's a world now that's beginning to mock It's a a world now in Australia that is beginning to throw out the Christian stuff. And we now stand and say, this story, this beginning, this opening is for us. This Christmas is for us. But it's for us to understand what it is, what it means, and to grasp hold of the depth of the relationship of what God has done We can't keep it to ourselves. We're not at liberty to keep it to ourselves. We need to tell others. Now, as you came in, you'll have discovered that you were given a piece of paper. Were you given a piece of paper as you came in? Just pop it out for a moment, will you? 
You might say to yourself, well, there are not many ways that I can move into our society and begin to impact the lives of those around me. It's awkward to actually speak about Jesus all the time. Well, of course it is. Because you have to broach the subject with people who don't understand what you're talking about. But here are a number of ways that you can enter into our society and take with you the character of Jesus and bridge the gap by, as Ryan was saying earlier, crossing the street, things you can do, things I can do. And when we go about doing that, we discover that though we understand the story and the story belongs to us, we soon begin to understand that whilst the story belongs to us, it's for others as well. Christmas as well for those around us who might think spending is the big idea may hear when you give them a gift, when you express some love to them, that let me tell you, this Christmas is about something entirely different. This is about the saviour of the world has come. The two-pronged thing here, first of all, we celebrate to our heart's desire for the good things that God has done. But secondly, we say, how can I go about the process of allowing those around me, those in the world, to know the goodness of what God has done. The nation of Israel didn't see it. The people in our world don't see it. But now it's time for us to speak at Christmas about the greatness of our God. Amen.